Hi, George. Hi, Carlos. How's it going? I am uh, feeling like hammered shit right now. Wow. It's it's about nine. It, no, it's 10 o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning. But George has been up since what time? 4.45. So your, your day is pretty much over. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. This is the end of your day. I, uh... I I I I I I I I yoro yoro. That's how I feel right now. He's he's just a quick reminder that you are voluntarily waking up at four forty five. Yeah. To get to the gym with enough time to stretch, warm up, and start a two hour workout regimen at six a.m. Yeah. Okay, so I just like to always remind not only myself, I remind other people, by the way, we do this voluntarily, uh, voluntarily. Yeah, I choose we do to this do on, this. Yeah, we do this on purpose. I choose to do this. It was, and I, the, we know it's really funny. About a week ago, I was commenting that I was having a really good time doing this and I was starting to feel very good mm. in my working out and mm-hmm. I wasn't getting, uh, my, I didn't feel like I was getting my ass kicked okay. as much. Right. And like, and just like that, a week goes by, and today I got my ass handed to me. Beautiful. Just like on a silver platter, just whipped, whipped up, spanked, slapped. Yep. Yeah. It was just <laughs> a, ser- it was a combination of all of the movements that are not in my wheelhouse like sandwiched up, packaged up, programmed up, mm. and a lot of it too. Like a not just a little bit, but a lot. A it was lot. like eight rounds of every single movement. Running, yep. Double double unders, yep. Burpees, yep. Lightweight snatches, yep. Wow. Over and over and over and handstand pushups. Oh yeah, that was oh, there. Oh, there we go. Yeah, uh, fun. Yeah, burpees over the roar. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. More, more. Was more. it like? All the CrossFit movements in one, I in mean, one workout and, they were, I mean, and like nothing heck? was, and everything was like, just move, just go, go. And then there was a note that says, try to move faster every single round. Yeah. Which is the opposite okay. of what really happens. Right. Okay. Yeah. If only the body worked that way, that'd be beautiful. I was like, maybe I'll just do this first round, like at a chill pace and then try to hold on to this. Right. Right. Yeah. No. You went, you went all out from the beginning? Did no, I never. Hand? I'm not that guy. Okay. I'm not you. Okay. Well, um, I've stopped. Really? I've learned. Yeah. I've learned. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 I've been very, I had a, I've, I had a great workout week last week. So I'm just, I'm Cut. like, I'm on, you know, I mean, I, I've already diagnosed what's going on. I have piriformis syndrome and I know what to do in order to heal. I know what movements I can't do, but there was this one workout where I started off slow and there, it was a rower, a thousand meter uh, row and then 50 alternating hang uh, dumbbell snatches. Uh-huh. And I just, I, I Those was are very strong movements yeah, for you. And I, yeah. And I was just going and everybody was getting off the rower before me and I was just breathing and whistling. And well, the row is the trap. Right. And I was just looking at David Roy, one of our friends, he's, he's a power lifter and uh, he, or weightlifter. I don't know. He's in the weightlifting room, but he was, he happened to be next to me and I'm just talking to him and I'm, I might as well have been whistling at this point. Like, <laughs> and I'm and and he's like, come on, Carlos, let's go. I go, Oh, don't worry. I got it. And I just went, I got off the rower. I was the last one to get off the rower. And I just did 35 
unbroken alternating snatches, took a five-second break, did the other 15, got right back on the rower, and everyone was still doing the snatches. And I was like... See you later. I was like, yep, pacing. So Bye. But you... Um, so you, you did you win? You, uh, did you win? No, no, no. I was second. Did you beat David? David... Roig? No, no. He wasn't working out. He, oh. was, just, he was just sitting there, like, chilling. Oh. Yeah. Uh, just hanging out. Okay. Um, and, uh, no, uh, this guy, George, uh, George Lopez, uh, he beat me, and Danny. Danny was working out with us, and he, I, Danny beat me by, like, 10 seconds, who happens to be the owner of the gym, so it's a great point of reference, you know? Um, so, so, anyway, you were saying that you... Uh, I forgot. Oh, okay. But you kept a good pace. You did okay. No, it was you terrible. Didn't. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Okay. It was terrible. It was terrible. It was very frustrating. And, like, I did that thing where I get mad. You know, when people are, like, yelling at you, and then you just, like, shut up. Oh, yeah. Like, when I asked you, where you at? <laughs> <laughs> like, even worse than that. Even worse, even than, worse than that. We, um, I didn't... I was... I mean, look, there's not, I can't get upset. Like, I know that, like, yes, like, George, what did you have to eat the day before this workout? Like, yeah, what did I eat yesterday? Well, I had, um, for breakfast, I had a brownie and, like, and, and a cookie and some coffee. And then I had 20 chicken wings for lunch. Awesome. And that was it. <laughs> that was like my whole day. Dave, George, what did you have the day before? Well, I had for breakfast, like, I don't even know what I fucking had. Like, I had something, probably like a bagel with cream cheese. And then what would you have for lunch? Sushi. And what did you have for dinner? A brownie. And the cookie. All right. So, yeah. yeah so, she, yeah. My nutrition was kind of all over the place. But, you sugary. know, I mean. Like, I didn't yeah. fuel myself right for the workout. Right. Like, obviously. Like, right. I, I'm not, like. I'm not beating myself up over the fact that I didn't feel great doing it, but in the middle, like towards the end, like so David was there and he starts yelling, come on, chicken wing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, come on, babe, seriously. He's like, you can do it. I know you can do it. Come on, come on, come on, brownie. He starts listing all the foods that I ate, (laughs) trolling me. And I'm like, come fuck off, dude, seriously. No. And then somebody else started yelling at me and I looked at them hard. Like you are not privileged. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. You are not. You don't know me like that. You don't know me like that. You don't know me like that. Nope. We're not there. We are not. We do not have that relationship. We're not there. And I told that guy to shut the fuck up. Hard, oh, and then wow. he like started laughing, and I think someone like whispered to him like, "Don't." No, he's being serious. Like, he's like, "You need yeah, to yeah, not." Yeah, this isn't haha. You need to not. Yeah, this is not a haha moment. Because I looked up, and then he was gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, wow, sorry, Louis. Oh, no. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, George, come on, chicken wing." I'm like, "Shut the fuck up!" Bam! You don't know me. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> oh then I man. almost said something insulting, and I was like, no, dude, dude no, don't go. I there. don't want to no go need. there. That was like all of like the 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 what do you the uh, the venom venom there we venom. go venom okay. <laughs> <laughs> eat him. Have you seen the movie Venom? No, I have not. Oh, it's so good. Oh, really? It's really good. You know, it's it's funny because all I heard was bad reviews. It's really good. Really? It's very funny. Oh, okay. Very funny. But funny like on purpose or funny that it's I just thought it the was, movie's so I, bad that it's, no, it's funny? No, I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. I okay. really enjoyed it. Okay. okay. I did. All right. I really oh, Plus, you. like, I'm a big Tom Hardy fan. Okay. So, 
it, yeah. And I like Tom um, Hardy's kind of like a badass, huh? I just, I mean, I love looking at him. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and he uh, was great, and I liked that movie. So yeah, nice. that Venom came out today. Mm. And I had to like beat him back in, but we're good. Like. I'm just glad that I'm doing, I'm feeling that I'm doing stuff like this right now. Cause I know that's what it's going to feel like the day of. Um, so now it's just, I'm at, like, now I'm like, okay, this is what it's going to feel like today when I was in it. Like, and I saw like minute 50 go by. I'm like, yeah, this is what it's going to be like. Right. We're going to be out there for 50 plus minutes yeah. working out, working out. So at least I'm getting used to it. Working out in like that 45, 50, 55 minute domain range. Yeah. Over and over and over again. It's like good. Helping. You'll be, you'll be super prepared, man. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll be, you'll be more than fine. You'll be, you'll do great. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to attack it this year. Yeah. Like last year we like, I went through it as like, this is going to be fun and participate this year. I'm like, I want to attack it and see okay. what I can. All right. Can so we're win. in different places in that sense. You I'm, and I'm, me? I'm, yeah, yeah. 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 Cause I'm, I'm totally going just to, for the participation points. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be like, just smiling at the people supporting me and just like really, last year when Minnie was like, come on, George. I was like, peace, love, yeah, 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 yeah. happy. Yeah. Giggles. This is hilarious. This year I'm going to be like, yeah, come on, George. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know what we um I, I texted you last night. Lauren and I are watching we watched, we binge watched the the Dolly Parton series on Netflix. This is the one where they've taken songs of Dolly Parton and created like like shows a around shows it. around uh, based off a song, right? Yeah. Okay. So Was there an I Will Always Love You one? No. No. <laughs> Was I there know. a nine to five one? A nine to five is involved in one of the episodes, but there's not an episode based on it. Was there a Jolene one? Yes. Okay. That one is. I mean, they're they're great. I was so. I don't know what got me to to watch it. To be honest with you, I was because well, I mean, I love you know Dolly Parton has great quotes and stuff like that, and she's very you know she's well, I mean, she's like an iconic yeah, songwriter. She is, and she's, and she's great. She's yeah. great. Um, and and I don't know. I was I was feeling sick, so I, I kind of needed like a nurturing. Um, you know, female kind of like, I don't know. I don't know how to express it, but Dolly Parton does that for me. I don't know. Do you think so, it's the, the memories? The memories, probably. The fact that she's like very like chesty and like you want to like lay down. Maybe. And be comforted by her breasticles. Yeah. Wow, how Freudian of you. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, probably. I don't get that right. vibe from her. You're right. But like, she's very, I don't feel comforted by her. Oh, you don't? Not necessarily. I, mean, I love her positivity and, and like her, her quotes are just like, it, it's like she says the most badass things and the most positive, like, like you know, she's the type of person that will tell you to fuck off in the nicest way. You weren't, you don't even realize that you were told to fuck off. Yes. You know, you're just like, okay, and you walk away and you're like, wait a minute, did she just tell me to fuck off? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we started watching it and we watched all of you know all of them and lauren and i were just hooked and at the end we're like well what's what did you gather from all these episodes like what what is it that made us continue watching because you know 40 year old dude i should be watching like you know i started like naming all these other things like this is the last thing i thought i'd and think i'd end up watching right okay and um and so we, we were talking and and man it's just it really the definitely well, especially since I was feeling sick, like we talked about, like, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, health is wealth for sure. Yes. Health is wealth. Uh, life. I mean, not to sound cliche, but damn, it really is short. Like, fuck, it really is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, time, time is flying and 
don't worry about the bullshit. You know, don't worry about the bullshit. That's the one thing. That's what I got. Lauren had some other answers too, and kind of in the similar realm. But she does, the show does a great job in like making you realize like that there's there's gonna be there's gonna be peaks and valleys, and there's gonna be grief, and there's gonna be loss, and 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 we just you know you gotta play life like a game, you know, and have fun with it. How do you cope with grief? I have a very interesting relationship with grief. I have, I've never had to, I've never had to grieve. I've never had like a severe grieving experience. Uh, like a traumatic loss. Yeah, never, you know, and, um, you know, and and so I, I know it's coming. I know that, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to react. I've had other stages of grieving my divorce. I mean, grieving is based on loss. It doesn't have to be a death. It, it could be any form of loss, sure, right? And uh, so divorce is a loss. It's a tremendous loss. Uh, so that that involved the grieving stage, uh, the grieving stages. Um, but uh, as far as like um, as far as like people, uh, no, I mean, I, I my parents brought me here when I was one. Um, I grew up away from my family. Um, when my uncle passed away, I didn't really feel it. I was sad, but I didn't like really feel it in that in level that intensity level when my grandparents passed away same thing so it's never been i've never had a loss that's been like very 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 close you know so um have you ever had grief that like causes you to get depressed or that you fall into depression well i i it, it well yeah the, actually the the divorce you know okay. that's something that's something that i've i've processed and accepted and i'm i'm so happy i have a great relationship with my ex and stuff like that but um it's i don't think it's something you ever get over especially when there's kids involved it's not it's not uh, it was more about the kids more like what what have i done have i cut you know have i you know f- have i fallen short for them you know by by getting them involved because you know it's it's unfortunate that the kids have to be involved in the divorce, you know, uh, even though we've done a great job with co-parenting and sharing time and all that. Uh, but, you know, the, the grieving of like I tell some of my patients who are going through or who are thinking about divorcing and they have children. I always say, just remember, I'm not trying to get you guys to stay together for the wrong reasons, but we we tend to think about ourselves way too much in a divorce and we forget about the kids. Remember, it, even in a best situation of co-parenting you're going to only witness 50% of your kid's childhood. Right? You're not going to experience the full thing. So always keep that in mind. Like I know that I, at the end of the day, well, because of the relationship I have with my ex, it's more like 60 to 70% that I get to witness, but it's not 100%. I don't get to witness 100% of their childhood. And that causes yeah that that brings back feelings yeah and i do get sad and i and 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 yeah so that's at to that degree i i felt grief when i learned that you know um that you know my my dad is not my biological father i learned that when i was 10 so there was there was some grieving there and the grieving only intensified as i got older uh especially seeing that i've never met my biological father and um and i was told recently actually that uh that because he was so much older than my mom that there's a high chance he's probably passed already so there's a certain level of grief there but not grieving the person but really grieving the situation so yeah. So how do you cope with it? How do I cope with it? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh man, um, I I allow myself to feel. I don't reject feelings. So I get pissed and I allow myself to be pissed, right? Um, I get sad 
and I allow myself to be sad. And I go, like we're calling CrossFit the pain cave, right? I go to the pain cave. I, I let myself maybe cry it out for five minutes and then move on with my day, you know, and, uh, and help process, you know, why. I mean, and, and most importantly, how it affects me as an adult. So, you know, do I have issues of abandonment? Maybe I do. Maybe that's why I like to please people so much, right? Um, so there's, I always try to keep myself in check as far as like what's not symptoms, but what, what character traits are developed from, from these situations that I've experienced. But I allow myself to feel, which in grieving, the number one thing you see is people don't allow themselves to feel like uh, that's, that's why I think in the first stage of the grieving process is denial. Some people just stay in denial. Oh, this didn't happen. Oh, this person didn't pass. This person's not really gone, you know? So how about you? I just attack it head on. Okay. I like that. You know, I'm trying to think of moments in my life where I've been very sad. Um, And it's usually like the times that have been the hardest to move past are attached to some sort of dissatisfaction in my personal life. Mm -hmm. So... But, like, I haven't had to cope with a great loss or a great tragedy, okay. which, um, so I can't speak to that. Um, there's been great, like, for me, it's, you know, like, I've been, I've had moments of where I feel like where it's a depression that I'm in, and there is a sense of, like, I don't know what the word is, but like, it's like kind of like, I feel very alone and very desolate. Particularly, I felt this way a lot when I was in like my twenties, like my mid twenties, like kind of like, God, what's the word? Just like, I can't believe this is it. Mm, yeah, like, yeah. Is yeah. this all there is? Like, is this life really? Like, this, this is, is all there like, is to Like it? this, like this existential kind of like dread, like just really lonely, like I was in my living in my apartment back when I lived in downtown and I was probably like, like using a lot of like using a lot of substances. And in one of those like moments where I was like coming off of one thing about to get into another thing, or maybe I was just like alone on a weekend, just like on my couch, getting over like a binge or whatever, watching a movie and just being like, just sitting there like, like crying, watching some dumb movie. Like, I'm never going to be happy. Like, I'm super in my feelings. This is just lonely, alone, dark, you know? Um, That, to me, is kind of the stuff what I think of, like, what it feels like to be, like... It's not grief. It's it's definitely depression. Um, And somehow I moved out of all that. Like, I guess I just kind of, like... I, mean, I definitely wasn't conscious of what was going on back then. Um, I was completely unconscious of like everything that was going on around me. I was really just kind of like ping ponging my way through life. Um, but like, I remember like Luke getting the, the news that like the, my, I had dogs growing up and then my parents moved away and they took the three dogs with them. And then I got the news that one of them passed away. And I was like at my job and I had to like go to the bathroom and like really cry, like cry hard. The first time I remember feeling true, true grief was I was a kid 
and my neighbors had a little shih tzu named Smudgy, and I went to school. It was like I went to school on a Friday. Had this happened on a Friday, so because we were at pizza, when my mom told me, and and we only ate pizza on Fridays. Love and that. So we're yeah we're at the Little Caesars and wherever the fuck West Kendall, <laughs> and we're in like this back table in the back of the restaurant, and my mom tells me that that morning her and um her best friend our neighbor uh, had gone on a walk with the dog. And she had taken the dog off the leash and the dog ran into the middle of the street and got hit by a car and died. And I was have been, what what grade was I in? Fifth grade, fourth grade, somewhere around there. So 10, 11, 12, right? Maybe nine, 10, I don't know. Somewhere somewhere around there. Somewhere in there. And just fucking losing it. Like snot, tears, crying, just pure total loss. Um, and that that's like my first memory of like grief. I don't have I don't remember that feeling coming back like again um, until probably like yeah like I mean I, there would be moments where I just feel very like lost like as a teenager just like so many feelings like rummaging through my head. Sure, like, of course. My parents aren't gonna understand me. Like I'm never gonna have love in my life. Like these major these huge 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 like insurmountable issues that are just way too big to tackle and you're a kid and you don't know what the fuck is going on and so i would just like you know put on a cranberry song and just like cry into my journal just like why <laughs> i love how it's the cranberries for sure the or I whatever something some sort of like melodic yeah yeah something to really pull like the emotion did out of me to let it linger no did need to argue to? or did you something yeah 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 just yeah that all of that all of the, all of that like melodrama um yeah, man. That's and then I get, now it's like, you know, I, I grief comes into we've losing pets is what's caused a lot of grief lately. Um, it's, that's a tremendous loss too. people under underestimate it. A lot. I've, I have found that people underestimate it. Um, yeah, those those are bad losses. You know, pets mm-hmm. are. Yeah, I'm in a different I, though. I will say that now it's like going to put going to the, the going to put a pet down it's like it's hard on the way. You know you're gonna do it, and then you they do it, and you see them go, and then it's just like you're in it. You're in it in that moment, and it's it's just like processing the fact that they're never gonna come back. They're not coming back with you. Um, the routine's gonna change. Like there's a, gonna be a like there's just an emptiness that doesn't get filled because it's they're gone, um, and. But eventually, like, I just know that my life can will, goes on. And so I'm able to move through it. Like, I'm definitely able to move through it quicker than David. Like, it, it just, it really has, like, a physical effect on him. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, like, I look at it, and this is where, this is where I guess it's important to be, um, like, conscious of other people like we're not all the same right like and so no, it's, yeah, exactly. for me it's like just like you know like i know that this is like it's it's part of life it's 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 supposed to be this way like you are going to outlive all your pets like you know this is something that should be expected it's ex- part of the deal correct it's not like it's not like a parent burying a child like that is a traumatic like that's a tragedy like that should never happen like you know you're just like when your parents pass away people like i i see like 
I've seen people like get very upset, you know, at the loss of their parents, at the loss of their parents or their grandparents. And for me, it's like, I, I, this is really insensitive and I'm just going to apologize ahead of time if I'm upsetting somebody, but we're having the talks and it's like, did you not expect it to happen? Like, maybe it's like, well, they died too soon. Okay. But you know that you were going to outlive your parents. Where the right? chances like, did, were that you were going to outlive them. Did you, did you not get that memo? Right, right. Because they started life before you, which means they're going to die before you. Unless, like, you're, like... Right, unless something occurs. Unless right. it's some some sort of, like, unnatural tragedy occurs. Right. Like, a terrible accident or whatever. Or like, illness or something. Correct, right. you know? Like, the expectancy is that the generation before goes and the next generation buries them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's just the factors are the, the quality of the relationship with the parent, right? I think those are the, those are the, the factors that uh, determine the intensity at which they feel it at, you know, cause like, you know, there's, there's some people who have such a great relationship with their parents that it, there's never a good time. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, like the, they could be 80 and they're like, just, I didn't have enough of them. It was too soon. I didn't, I didn't, it was too soon. And it's like, well, they were 80. I mean, it's technically not too soon. They lived a long, healthy life, you know? Um, but, uh, I have a theory. Mm -hmm. I have a theory that our coping of these feelings comes from like our rearing. Did I say that right? Rearing the way that we're raised. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so there's a cultural dynamic to processing grief. And if you grow up understanding like, that this is like a light. I feel like there's probably cultures out there where it's like, this is what's to be expected. And like when, when someone in the family like passes away, like children learn at a very early age that this is, it's just, is just a normal course of life. Like this is what's going on. And we go and we, we grieve and we bereave, but we don't like throw ourselves on the casket or, you know, like just fall apart. Right. We move, we move on, you know, we, we pay respects to their life, but this is the way it is. Like, it's not, some sort of like major like life altering tragedy and then i guess there's people who are like if you don't mourn me did you ever really love me oh wow yeah well guilt from the grave yeah that's <laughs> crazy you know what i mean like yeah I do like know i what hope you mean. uh like if you're not falling apart when i pass away did he did did, did like did they ever yeah. really love him right exactly like look at how st she's like People would say things like, oh, they're being so stoic, like, but you could tell that they're a cold family. Right. And that's just, it, it's like, so inaccurate, right? Yeah. All the emotions that go on behind closed doors, you have no idea. There's no way of telling what, how somebody like, truly is Like, I love my grieving. family fiercely, but I also know that when eventually they go, they're going to go and like, I'm going to be sad at the loss. But I'm not going to like, my life isn't going to fall apart. I remember my uncle passed away really unexpectedly. He was young. He He's was the in, one that had the Widowmaker mm -hmm. heart attack? He was super young. Yeah, he was like in his 40s and he had two kids. One that was like school age and the other one that was just going entering his teens. Because I was already like done with high school. Which means my sister was in high school. So my cousin was definitely in high school. And his daughter was like eight years younger. So she's like a little girl. Um, and like we get the news that he passes away and my mom goes comatose. Cause obviously like when you're in your forties, you didn't expect that you're going to get news that your brother has died. I know. Yeah. That's, that's like, you know, yeah. and it's kind of like, she's just kind of like in a daze, like, I can't believe this is fucking going on. And I just remember being like, 
looking at my dad, my dad like not know like being caught in the headlights, like kind of like tiptoeing around my mom, and I'm like, well, well, there's there's gonna be a funeral. There's gonna be all these things that you need to do. Like, what's what's going on? Yeah, like, yeah. What's what gonna happen? Next? Let's yeah. Let's people. Let's go. Let's, what's going on? What's let's going activate. on? Let's and assemble. so, do we have news? What's the news? And so, as the news starts to come in. Like I just go into, I, I definitely become like a planning. I think I process like these situations by going into like, like a let's get things done situation. Like right. That's, we move through it by, with action. Uh-huh. So that's when I say, did I say I attack grief? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. attack grief. So this is kind of like, I'm like, okay, well, you know that you need to, you know, you know, you're going to, my dad starts planning the trip. So it's like, okay, when are you leaving? How long are you going to be there? Okay. Now let's pack the bag. You need this. You need, what are the events? Is there going to be a dinner? Is there going to be your funeral? Is there going to be a burial? Start packing. My mom just looking at her closet. She's like, I don't know what to take. I was like, you need to this, you need this, you need this. Just start moving through it. And she's like, I don't even, she's like, just, she was just like lost. And me being like, come on, we need to. We need to get ourselves in order because you need to go. Like life, things are happening. Yeah, you need, life, to, you life, need to go. You need to get on a plane in three hours. Now, do you think that be, being younger, we can we're more able to handle it that way? Do you think we handle grief worse as we get older? Because I I I, I sense like a certain like youthfulness, if if that's the proper word, in in that like like I, like I see it in my kids. Like when somebody passes away, um, in my, in my side of the family, not many people have passed away, but on 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 uh, their mom's side of the family, some people have passed away, and I've noticed that they've had that kind of like looking around, like okay, um, it's it this is this is what the situation is. What are we doing next? Right? I feel like they're able to move on. I feel like older people have a harder time with grief. What do you think? There, my guess is that. When you're young, you're still like naive to, and life is abundant and plentiful. Right. And there's still so so much of it left. And you're just, you don't have, there's no, if you're lucky that you haven't had like a, a tragedy filled life where people have like been dying around you. Like I'm sure there's kids in the world that live in places where they wake up and the person that was there is no longer there. Or like they live in like a war torn country or a country filled with conflict where violence is a like a daily occurrence um and which is not the case here no definitely not yeah no so when you have when you're when your life is chill and all of a sudden some old person dies it's like well yeah they're fucking old like right right yeah Yeah, there you go but as we age we get closer to that i think there's fear of dying involved i think that's what and people don't want to die because they feel like I don't know that they're scared of it or for whatever fucking reason. Um, And that conjures up feelings of unrest and conflict inside of them. And so some of that is like, Oh, they, they, they're, they're gone too soon, which means like you're next. Yep. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to die. And (laughs) I don't, and then you start looking at your life and you're like, fuck, I'm in this like marriage. I don't like this person. Yeah. Or I barely like these realizations. What have I done with my life? Like I'm halfway done. This person died. And like, you start to like really go insane. Yeah. 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 That's, and that, 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 that's bad because people have a really bad relationship with death. I know I triggers unrest, you know, Uh, all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, like when I turned 40 and people consistently saying, Oh, you're like at high risk of heart attack. And I'm like, I am. And they're like, yeah, like, like forties is like prime time for men having heart attacks. Yeah. And I'm like, I had no idea. I honestly had no, I did not hear about this till 
after I turned 40. I had I had heard you it. You just a, turned 40. Like, you just heard about I this? Know, I just heard about this. Like, wow. I remember I was playing a gig in in April, soon after my birthday, and I was talking to somebody, and they brought it up, and, and I don't know how it came up, but but they said, yeah, and then later on, I heard it again, and then when we first started recording, you, you, you talked about the Widowmaker heart attack, and that was, like, the third time that it had been presented to me, and, and I was like, wow, like, I even reached out to a buddy of mine who's a cardiologist, and I'm setting up an appointment uh, in January, just mm-hmm. because, I mean, I don't know why, I don't feel there's anything wrong with me, but apparently, that's how it goes. Somebody could be, like, apparently healthy as a horse, and all of a sudden, just collapse, and I'm like, okay, like that's just out of nowhere. I mean, there's got to be something. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of those people don't get checked out or don't know they have yeah, like there's these definitely things. like if you can have like there, there there is some genetic play attached to it, but there's also um, exacerbation. Like you can definitely have behavior that only makes it worse. You know, my uncle wasn't an active guy; he didn't exercise. He ate basically whatever he wanted. He definitely smoked cigarettes. Um, so I imagine that that didn't help the situation. He went to sleep and never woke up. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. 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 And that was tragic because then his parents had to fly from Ecuador to to, to Boston to bury him. Oh my gosh. And they dude. never recovered from that. They they definitely like We've talked about this before, but like sometimes trauma can trigger a physical response, like an emotion, then emotional trauma can trigger a physical like response that deteriorates the quality of your life. Sure. Do you think about that? Absolutely. Yeah. So from that moment on, like my grandfather's like Alzheimer's really ramped up. So I have this feeling like he wanted to forget the fact that he lost his son. And from that moment on, my grandmother starts to deteriorate both physically and mentally. She started to have dementia. It wasn't, it's not Alzheimer's, but yeah. Wow. And that happened shit like 20 years ago. And he passed away, I want to say like 10 years ago. And she's like, I mean, how she's alive to this day, I think is a testament to the people who take care of her. Wow. Yes, sure. Of course. Yeah. And, 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 and losing children is just like, that's, that's, that's the biggest fear that I try to help you know, parents with, because, um, you know, that fear of number one, not being around for your kids. So you dying and not being around for your kids and the fear of losing a child, obviously those are, you know, the, the fears that drive a lot of our behaviors. And, you know, so I, I, I take the approach that from day one, I was always on borrowed time with my kids. Yeah. Like, you know, and there's a, you know, that saying in Spanish, que los hijos son prestados, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I believe in that. I believe that this, you know, we're there, we're on borrowed time and, and they, I have a responsibility, you know, to, to raise them, but you know, nothing's guaranteed. And, and that, that helps me, you know, and then, and then, uh, I've, I, like you said earlier, you know, I've actually, talk to them you know like i i throw it in there where i'm like you know they say hey you know i think my son said well you know how are you going to celebrate your 50th birthday and i was like well i mean if i'm around you know then this is how i'll celebrate it right do their eyes like bug out no no it's become a very common thing be like hey you know like life is not guaranteed tomorrow's not guaranteed i'm not always going to be around 
I'm not, and I've been saying that to them for a while to the point where they, they, you know, they really, it is second nature to them. They, they respond very well and they're like, yeah, you're right. You know, like I'm not always going to be around. And, and the main thing is that you're, that you're kind, nice and compassionate with people, but assertive at the same time. And you're, you'll do fine in life. You don't need me around to keep repeating that to you. I'm trying to think of like, if my, I don't remember my parents putting those words out there, but they definitely must have done something or said something that has allowed me to have like this. I consider it to be healthy, but maybe I like a, a healthy like understanding and acceptance of what a life cycle is. Or maybe it's like maybe it's this like understanding that we're just like the physical manifestation of our consciousness is just like a, a passing time and. It is what it is, and yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had to train my. You seem to be better at that, and I guess it's because of what you said, the way you were raised. I've also limited like the liabilities in my life. I don't have children, and I've I know, I know two people or like two families where a child has like left them tragically, and it one mom was very resilient. Um, and the other one to this day hasn't moved past it. Um, and it's, and I'm, I'm, I'm aware of them really through social media. Um, and it's, I, it's, it pains me to see that, especially the one that like still like is struggling and is still, um, like expressing, has an outward expression of grief and like, how am I supposed to ever move past this? And it's been a long time. Like she's like today he would, I mean, I don't, he was very young when he died. He died in a very tragic manner. And, um, and I guess it was like 10 years ago. So like, there's like a birthday every year and she would talk about like the things that they would be doing and like, wow. And it's just kind of sad. It's, you definitely feel sadness, um, in their pain. Um, and all you could really do, I guess, is just like send like words of encouragement and comfort because it's not for you to decide when they're going to get over it. Right. And there are no good words. That's the thing. That's the frustrating part is that there are no good words because the person, you know, that per that person needs needs to, you know, needs to talk to somebody, you know, needs to process, you know, because one thing is the loss of a child. And then the, the second layer to that is in the way they passed. So if it was tragic, sometimes, it, um, believe it or not, it's more about the tragedy itself than it is about the loss. I think you you're know? right there because the other parent was like, I'm going to take all of this pain and use that to do good in the memory of this kid. So there's like a foundation and there's all this other stuff and there's like an active. And there was also like, I don't want to get into the details of each one, but they definitely did different things after. And one definitely seemed to be a little healthier than the other. I wonder if they had a better support system. Could be a um, lot of factors. That's and this part, like what, you know, there's of course, like everyone's life is it? There's no one way to live a life. Everyone is different. Yada, yada, yada. But I know that like, Per, like in our household, there has been the like 2020 has brought a lot of loss, um, particularly to, like on David's side. You know, 2019. 2019. My God. Yeah. 2019. We need to bury 2019. I mean, this year we lost our cat. David also tragically lost his horse. He got the news that his a dear friend of his got very sick. His uncle got very, very sick. So, and it's all happened like relatively, like in the last like 
three to six months. Oh, wow. And so for a, he's today, I can tell you that he's feeling better. But it's been like watching watching him, the, this person who I love, just be stuck or like in this with a, an insurmountable amount of grief. And that grief, like burying him into depression, has been super hard to watch. Um, and me understanding, having an understanding of like what feelings are and how they can take the driver's seat um, and trying to communicate that so that I'm able, for me, it's like, let me give you a, like a life raft so that you don't, you don't drown in your grief. And like, I don't, sometimes it's like, I, I, I don't know how to say this, but it was like, it felt like he couldn't, like he wasn't able to like reach for it. Like as much as he yeah, wants to sense. through it, like he just couldn't see it. Like it's almost like I, it's like he couldn't see it. Like I'm out there, like here's the life. Like I'm like reaching out, like trying to like give a hand, and he's like blinded by the grief that like, he can't see it. You know, yeah. and it's like we're like we tried talking about it a couple of different times, and and like at first it was I could tell like we, he can't. He, we, he can't talk about it like whatever I'm saying is not reaching and all it's doing is triggering 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 so we need to then I was like maybe you need to see somebody else maybe it's just I can't be the person to get you through this as much as I want to as much as I feel like I'm an enlightened person and I have this understanding of like the ego and the consciousness and, and feelings and all that stuff and you know I listened to that one podcast and so now I'm an expert on that. <laughs> <laughs> and understanding that like I can't like okay George take yourself out of it it's not you like no matter how maybe he has to go see something else and ultimately I think what happens, and it's true, and I and I always go back to this saying, and it's that time does have a tendency of healing the wound. No, absolutely, time is the further yeah. away you get away from the moment of the trauma, it starts to heal over, yeah. and it's never really gone because there's always going to be a scar there, but it does heal. It, it does. I mean, and that I mean, basically, what grieving does in the in the at least the, in the therapeutic process when we help people grieve, it's it's the, g giving them the tools to help the time pass, uh, you know. And that's I mean, but time is the ultimate, you know, healer, right? And um, and I I do believe in that, especially when it comes to loss, especially when it comes to grief. Um, I uh, there's a lot of people that just don't get help. There's a lot of people who are unfamiliar with the stages of grief. Are there people who um, feel like if they don't hold on to their grief that they're doing, they're not like paying a respect to the loss or like, I don't want to forget them. Right. They're holding on. Like I forgot what they sound like. Or right. I forgot what they smell like. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So they hold it on as like, like a, as a memory, like yeah, to the love that they had. And then if we go back to Eckhart Tolle, it's all ego based. It's all about that person. It's not about the person. It's all well, about like, you know, you, but you can't tell that they're not, they, no, they they're can't, not ready to they, hear they're that. Not, they can't hear that. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Yeah, no, never would I say that. To, but I mean, that's it's it's but in a very gentle manner and with time and processing, helping them realize that, you know, um, you know, stop being selfish with the person, you know, let the person go. You have to let the person go. I think there has to know? be a willingness. Oh, absolutely. There's and sometimes, be you, like, if you don't have a willingness to move past the pain 
And the frustrating part of watching what um, he went through was I felt like there was a part of him that was holding him back. Like, you cannot move past this because if you do, then it meant that you never loved them. Mm, right. Like, what is... What good is it for you to say that you love your you love these that you loved your horse and you loved your cat or you love your your best friend or you love these you say that you love these people but when they go you just get over it did you ever really love them and I was like I even asked him I was like is there something cultural there is there something that you were raised with that's like that told that tells you because he said something about like I felt like I never was able to mourn them properly. And I was like, what do you mean by mourn properly? And I've heard other people say this. Yeah, like, yeah you definitely need to like, mourn thing, people or losses properly. Well, I mean, listen, he's Jewish. And in the Jewish faith, there is definitely a like recipe for mourning. They said Shiva. There's like a procedure to it. There is a, uh, there's a formal like... Uh, I don't know what the words are right now because I'm wow like that workout really kicked my ass yeah, and my traditions. vocabulary. There's, There's like traditions, traditions in place and like th things that have to occur that I guess like process that allows for a person to process grief. And so I'm wondering, I'm like, are you hardwired to grieve a certain way because of the ways that you, the way that you were raised? A lot of people don't know how to grieve, and that's that, so they never mourn properly. They don't even understand. The, the, just saying I haven't mourned properly is a very insightful comment. There's people who have no idea what to do. And there's people who are so out of touch that they don't even realize there's people that specialize in this, that they don't, they, that there is a process involved. Like there's so many, it, it, it's there, there are people who really don't know and, and they have a, just a lack of know-how, lack of, you know, awareness as to, you know, okay. Like, wait, so you think and, there is a proper way to mourn? The proper, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a, not a, there's not a right or wrong way. All right. Um, I would say that mourning does involve reaching a level of acceptance of the loss. Um, and I think that you can loosely label that as properly mourning um, because acceptance is what gets us to move forward sure. without forgetting the person um, and doing it in a way where it doesn't alter your personality, who you are as a person, like there, I've know I've known people who have lost their children who are still the same person and have the same, you know, spirit and 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 personality that they did before they lost their child. And then there's just like you said with your example, I, I I've also known people who have lost a child and who have never been the same. Yeah, you know, so well, yeah, yeah, so so there's you know, so is there a way to to mourn properly? Is to reach a level of acceptance. I mean, how you get there, you could do the traditional grieving. I mean. The, the there's a lot of like grief experts out there. I'm not a grief expert, but uh, there's grief experts out there that you know can. What a bummer. Can, yeah, yeah, but but at the same time, it's it, it must be really rewarding to get somebody to a place of non-functioning depression to functioning again and le and reaching a level of accept acceptance. There's got to be a level of reward there. I mean, thank God that. that there's a people out there. Thank like God that. there's people. Yeah. Like people have offered to me, you know, yeah, I've got, I get emails all the time on like, Oh, become a grief expert for, you know, you know, and it's like a two week certificate process. And, and I'm like, no, thanks. Stop. Like I Wait do not a want, it takes a two week certificate. No, no, but you have to have the, you have to be already a licensed clinician, George. <laughs> 
Wait a second. You know, Hold on. You have to be a licensed clinician with a master's degree to okay. qualify to take it. It's got not it. like, you know, it's, it's I got my notary you know, stamp in 36 yeah, hours. Yeah, I got exactly. my grief counselor stamp. And no, 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 no. And, and, and I'm sure I underplayed it. I'm sure it's a longer, it's a longer process than that, but. <laughs> Oh my oh God! Can you imagine? Oh my God! For the levity. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, the, yeah. The, no, but seriously, I mean, there's um, there's a lot of uh, I, I don't I don't specialize in grief. I can handle it. I've I've treated people sure. and helped them through the grieving process. But when it's so bad, I've referred them to grief experts. Um, so, but the, yeah, is there a proper way to mourn? It's proper i mean that's very subjective as long as a person is reached the level of acceptance to them where they can properly function in society and continue on with their life then yeah you know but i get that but, but there are cultures where you're expected to it's almost like there's an underlying thing where okay you're expected to never be the same you suffered this loss and you're expected to never be the same. This, uh, speaking about grief so openly and getting past it and, and reaching a level of acceptance is a very modern concept. It's very uh, forward, you know, like the last 20, 30 years, you know, there's, but before that, I mean, people mourned very differently. Like, you know, those people that you were talking about that sometimes seem a little stoic or, you know, they don't show any emotion. They only, you know, cry behind closed doors and then, you know, they go and tell everybody they're okay, but they have this very like, you know, una luz apagada. You know what I mean? They're sure. kind of like walking around, you know, like like kind of shut down. So, you know, there are people who there's generations that are uncomfortable with going to talk to somebody and accepting the fact that there's a process. Because if I lose my one of my kids and, and, and somebody says, oh, there's a process in which you'll accept it. I'm going to say there's no way I'm ever going to accept this. That's going to be my immediate response. Right. So it's it's really troubling and and it's and it's really difficult to get somebody to enter that process and then to actually come out of it with a successful level of acceptance yeah i don't feel like a, i don't i i'm a little uncomfortable talking about it um because it's i don't have any frame of reference to it you know i don't um so just like want to acknowledge that like i just have love for people who i to me it's like i just send them love and it's like i really hope that you find relief from the pain. Yeah, sure. Because I understand what it feels like to be in pain, and I hate that feeling. And so, when someone that like I know and care about are going is going through it, all I could think about is like, you know, just send them some like, please, like, f like universe, oh God, relieve them of that. Yeah, send them some sort of relief in the form of like, even if it's like a momentary like moment of humor where you're not in buried in the in the grief. Yeah. I find it funny because a lot of people cope uh, in the humor part by bringing out the person's flaws, you know, like after they've passed, like, oh, if so-and-so were still here, this is what they would say, typical, you know, and then it's like, ha-ha, and it's, it's, it's funny how that works. Do you think that there's grieving in the aging process? Uh, I don't understand what you said. Explain what, explain what you mean. As we are aging, are there periods of grief? That come from the aging process, like things that I don't like more in the loss of like my eyesight or, you know, my graying hair, you know, I, or the, you know, that we're all have you have I told you my metaphor of our life as just being bananas? No, please. We're just a banana. 
And every Are year, we duct taped to a wall? Relax. Okay, got it. We'll get there. 120 grand. Okay. We we'll got there. And that is fucking brilliant, by the way. <laughs> I just want to say that. That they were able to sell it for 120 that, grand? First of all, are we going to talk about it? All right, well, let's go with what you were saying for and then we we'll get there. We are just bananas. And every, as time goes by, another brown spot ends up on the banana. Right. Just like buy a banana. Bananas start green, come off the tree. The moment you pick it off the tree, it's dying. And we're just ripening, ripening, ripening. And it just goes from being green to yellow to like, you know, green to green with yellow to yellow with green to yellow to yellow with a little bit of brown. And then every day that goes by, once it starts browning, it gets browner and browner and browner and browner and browner. And then the whole thing is black. And then most people throw it away. I usually eat it because it's delicious it and is. very sweet. It is. I like it. I like overripe bananas. Yeah. But I'm just saying that's it. Like we're basically just bananas. Sure. Rotting. Rotting fruit. Right. That's our life. Our life is really just ripening, maturing, and then rotting away. Right. So, no, I don't have grief over the aging process. It's funny. I do. Um, huh, I get nostalgic. I like... I fr- um, a person that I haven't really like seen in person in a long time, but through the magic of social media have been able to stay connected to um, is moving back to South Florida. And they, they reached out to me and sent me like a direct message telling me that they're moving back and that they'd like for us to get together because they've like, they've gotten married. And so they want me to meet their husband and I have since gotten married and I want them to meet my husband. Sure. So we're going to get together for like a dinner. Nice. And he sends me this picture of us from 20 years ago at a party that I don't even remember taking this picture, but it's like, fuck that picture is 20 years old. Yeah. And it could have been yesterday. Yeah. Like it really, like I remember us hanging out. I remember that trio and me think, and I remember like kind of like where I was in that moment and what I was doing when I was, you know, looking like that, acting like that, hanging around with those people. And the fact that it has, that, that 20 years have transpired as quickly as they have and the, all the experience that I've had since then was like just a lot of like, fuck, it's so fast yeah it is it's so fast i don't get sad about it but it definitely makes me aware that shit goes by fucking quick that i don't want to like waste my time doing something i don't want to do or being with people that i don't want to be with i want to do the things that i really want to do and it's super selfish but it's my fucking life right you know i've there's i get I get people in my life, especially my family, giving me sense, giving me uh, flack because of some sort of sense of duty that I'm supposed to have to them. Um, and I don't fucking receive that. Because, right. and p- someone will tell me, George, you're being selfish. And to that, I'll say, fine. Yeah. Fine. Fine. That's it. That's all you're getting. But I'm. Oh, but listen, I'm a. I'm a fucking rotting banana. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a rotting. Banana. I'm a rotting banana, and I need. And I just need to like. I want to like get it all out. I want to like. Ex- I want to be able to like. To live. Enjoy. Enjoy and the, live. I want to. I know what it feels like to be uncomfortable in my own skin. I know what it feels like to be anxious that I'm not living up to somebody else's idea of who, what, when, why I'm supposed to be. Um, and I don't want to fucking ever feel like that ever again. And now that I'm 40 
and I've come to this like real like space of align of enlightenment and alignment to be there. Um, when I do things against that, I start to get I have and it starts to build conflict. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, what's the situation here? Like, oh, if you're doing, you're going against, you're you're really doing something against, you know, your better, your feeling of like of what is right for you. Um, and so if the conflict that is going to come arises from that is like my own, like it's anxiety for me, then I'm just going to like not do that. I'm not going to do that. And luckily I'm, I have built a life that allows me to live in that relatively easily, you know, without fucking kids and like, it makes it easier. Sure. Yeah. Um, so people ask me all the time, like, oh, when are you and David going to have kids? Never. Never. <laughs> Never. Nope. Never. I mean, that's, and that's, uh, and that's an admirable decision. And it's a very unpopular one, but, unfor- but it is an admirable decision. I can't imagine having a kid right now. And I'm, and Lauren fortunately doesn't want to have, you know, kids of her own. She's fine with the two kids I brought into the picture. Yeah. Um, and at first I was, I found that, you know, a little weird, little, you know, I'm like, what do you mean? Wait, did you want a baby with her? At first, and now I can't even imagine. I can barely handle the puppy, you know? Imagine, you know? Like, I'm like, I can't, you know, I I can't. I'm like, no, I can't imagine going into all that again and diaper stages and all that. Um, But, no, everything you said is on point, though, man. Like, that's how I, like, I, when I catch myself grieving the aging, I say, wait a minute. That's just what I, what I encapsulate the past as is really not. It's like it, when I think back, I wouldn't I'm glad everything went the way it went and I wouldn't want to relive it. So why mourn the aging process? I don't know. If they, oh, know, no, know, I would love to go back and to like wring my own neck. Yeah. Oh, well, in that sense, you know, yeah, I like, would like to shake. I'd be like, grab me by the shoulders and be like, shake a bitch. No, no, no. I'm not like, saying. Hey, Go wake up, kid. <laughs> I'm not saying go if you were able to go back and change things. Saying the way everything went, Be like, would you want to relive it? You need to start weightlifting, right? Right. But would you want to relive at that? The question isn't what would you tell yourself 20 years ago. The question is the way everything went, exactly the same. Nothing changes, and you had to go relive it again. Would you do it? But, what? Would you relive it? Would you want to be 18 again? The exact same, the exact same way I mean, that yeah, sure. I had see, a really fun time. You see, I did. I see. I don't feel fun. that way. I don't feel that way. I, I, I had a blast. I, well, me too. But there were, there, but there were a lot of things that I didn't like either. So I'm like, you know what? I'm leaving it in the past. I'm not going to mourn aging. But I'm, I'm also the one that likes. I mean, I'm the one that likes to get on the ride again, like right after I got off of it. I'm the one that likes to like have True. seconds. It matches your personality. Like yeah. I like seconds. If yeah. I if I liked. Damn, I like thirds too. Yeah, so I don't know. you know, Man, I, don't know I love a good thing. Me. This is the problem that I had with substances. When I, I wanted to party, it's because like I'm like I don't want the party to end. Right. Like it's not that so I let's keep going. I'm not an. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not an addict that I needed it. I'm an an abuser in that like I had no limit. I right. didn't want the party to it's end. Easy, right. So it's like, can I be 25 and party again? Yes, please. Oh, see, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm looking, I'm, I was looking at the stories over the weekend for Art Basel and I was like, I'm so grateful that I'm here on my couch in my place at peace and not out at Art Basel. <laughs> I would have loved to have gone out, but I had a very lovely weekend with my husband at home. That's great. That's what I'm so, talking about. But it's like, I definitely like, there's a... Part of my personality is enjoys being in the mix. It does. And so 
when I inevitably like Miami has, especially like during this time of the year, has like a ton of cultural events. You know, Art Basel is like a major like internet. I get super excited. There was a there was a huge fashion show on I want to say Thursday. It was um, the Dior men's show, mm, and it was nice. Kim Jones showing at the Rubel family collection in Wynwood. And it like it's they turned like they painted the whole thing with like Dior and it was like Dior with the guy Stussy did a capsule collection and like all of the celebrities were here it was a huge party and a lot of the a lot of the accounts that I follow on Instagram were posting like Miami and anytime I see like Miami on the radar um, it get, I get very excited because it's like yeah I'm here yep I'm me in too. the mix I'm me in too. the mix me too me too but no George not you too. Um, <laughs> Now, there was a time, there was a part of me that has enough people that I still am like connected to that I was like, maybe I should send some quick like little DMs like, hey, do you know anybody that happens to know how do we can get into this show? But then it's like, uh, then you're going to like go out and then you have to like, I'm still trying to like wake up at 445 in the morning to go train for two and a half hours because I want to be ready for this event. And so I don't. So I don't, but yeah, I would have loved to like. See I had the, friends that went out banana? yesterday. You would have liked to see the banana on the duct tape. I the duct tape. Is no, that, you know what? The, you know, did you miss out on that? I have opinions on the banana on the duct tape. And what happened there? What is that about? Okay, so I don't know. Here's the thing: like, I for people who don't, I'm sure everyone by now, everyone by now should know that a a, a piece of art sold at Art Basel. And it was a banana duct tape to the it was to something to the wall to, to a wall. canvas or something. To the wall. And it was the the, the item reportedly sold for one hundred and twenty five thousand, one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. And this is what I think is fucking amazing. This is why I love it. I can't wait to hear it because the way that I see art is it being something that you experience and. How many millions of people are experiencing that event? A lot of We're people, yeah. all talking We're about all it. Talking about Everyone it. has an opinion about it. Most people think it's ridiculous, but that that action has sparked a conversation, has sparked interest, has created energy. That's art. It is. You know what that that part, man, I did not even begin to think about that but you are absolutely that right is art whether and, and you, all the mock-ups too like a croqueta with the duct tape everything bread with the duct tape everything like, everything it amazing. is amazing that it's like throwing a rock into a pond and watching the ripple effect right if you're lucky you know maybe you have a little bit of an artist will have some sort of minor impact that someone else this has had um i think it has like a a huge impact in the fact that people are talking about it, people are mocking it, people are criticizing it, people have opinions on it. I'm like, that to me is a successful art. Yeah, and 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 then you have people like me who think that the whole thing was staged. Though everything, the whole thing is staged, you know. And, I, and so then and, it's a piece of performance art. And, and, I, and I agree with that. I mean, I'm not hating. I'm just saying that that's. I feel like somebody was even like, more brilliant. Of course, even more brilliant. And people who have 120 thousand dollars laying around have time to think creatively like that well you the know assumption I mean? being that that actually happened it, that transaction probably did not happen well, we don't know but but two people got together and said this was going to happen and you're going to say that you received one hundred twenty thousand dollars and we sold this for or you're going to venmo me that money and, and, i'm going to show the receipt and, 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 and then we're going to make a thing about it make a thing about it exactly and and so i think the whole thing was staged but you're right i mean it doesn't take away from the fact of everything it caused regardless brilliant. of how it fucking brilliant yeah 
Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I love and, it. And, and the thing is, is that what I love, and I, I'll say it again, I think the banana with the duct tape, that didn't say any, that didn't say anything to me or whatever, but I love like, I found the croqueta with the duct tape or the Cuban bread with the duct tape or all these other things with the duct tape so much more clever that I was laughing my ass off so, uh, like all weekend just at the mock-ups of this, of this thing with the duct tape. The guy who put a banana suit on and duct tape himself to a wall, that was All of those people, awesome. all of those situations would not have existed if it, the banana on, had never had been duct taped to the wall. One person did that. One person had the foresight and the idea to do that. And it created everything else. That first domino fell and it created an entire effect that none of it, n this conversation would not be happening if that single instance didn't occur. Dude, we went from an episode of morning to talk about the duct tape and the banana. Well, I mean, it's That's seismic. Insane. It's That's crazy. seismic. It is. Yeah. Like, I, like, how did, I don't even, I can't wait to listen to the recording of this podcast. Well, we needed to end with some levity. That's true. That's true. But I'm like, man, how did we get here? Because we were talking about some pretty deep stuff, which we were kind of overdue for. We were kind of, we had some light episodes, you know, and this was a very productive, yeah. you know, this is a very productive, insightful, you know, episode. I was going through it. And so I was experiencing it and I didn't want to have the conversation until I felt like we were out of the other side of it. And okay. this weekend, I feel like we definitely, that David definitely like moved out of it and oh, into, stepped into the light. And that's great. There's like, there's like smiles, there's laughter, there's all the signs of somebody who is well, like, he was fucking with you today in the workout. Yeah. 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 That's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, come on, brownie. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. brownie was so good. Oh, Shout out to Fireman Derek's. I Uber eats. Oh my god, you texted me that, I and spent, I was like, "Oh, dude!" I, so I went grocery shopping, and I spent just as much money on groceries that I did on Uber eats this whole weekend. Really? Yeah. Don't you hate it? I love and hate when that happens because no, I, I love don't. the moment when it's so convenient it just shows up to your door, but then you look at the bill and you're like, "I can't believe I spent that much money." We on were that. recapping the bill on yesterday night, and I was like, "Okay, Fuck. that was definitely overindulgent." Yeah. But yeah, we I definitely ordered a slice of pie two brownies and two cookies at uh, like 6 30 on saturday and when you texted me that i was it was when i was most sick <laughs> and all i could consume were carbs that's all my body could i couldn't process any protein yeah so I, you said uh, like I, I i ate here i was eating just pita chips toast bananas and um uh, and fruit loops yeah dry fruit loops no milk and even all that, I had like 300 grams of carbs, I think, on, on on Saturday just to get me through feeling sick. And then you texted me about, you know, and I even sent you a meme of Forrest Gump running. It yeah. says, on my way. On my way. Oh, my gosh, man. Like, I would never show up at your house without calling beforehand. But, damn, I came close. <laughs> Ding dong. Me and my We were in bed and I was like, don't answer ass. it. Don't answer it. <laughs> It's just UPS dropping off a package. <laughs> and it's like, George. <laughs> shh, David. Shh. I know you have Fireman Derek's in there. <laughs> Let me in. Yeah, man. So, um, well, I'm, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of you and your dedication waking up at, at that time and, and doing this Wadapalooza prep. You've and stuck I'm, to it, man. Thanks, man. And I'm happy that, that you're feeling better. Oh, thanks. Yeah, 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 I am. Yeah, I had some, yeah, I had some good days last week. So, you know, I'm just gonna finish getting through this. I'm at the final stage. I am no longer contagious. Hooray! But um, but yeah, but I'm just gonna take another day off before I get back into it. Good. Yeah. 
So, all right. Anything else? No. We're good. Yes. All right. It was a wonderful episode, George. Thanks, Carlos. Likewise, where can they find this podcast? You can find this podcast. This podcast. <laughs> this, 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 this. I can't, I can't get it as good as you. I can't get it. You can find this podcast on iTunes, on Spotify. And yes, we will quickly be growing into Google Play and all these other ones. Like that's going to happen actually probably these next couple weeks. So that's cool. But right now, iTunes, Spotify, please leave us a five-star rating if you're enjoying what you're hearing. Uh, you can email us at moacamedia at gmail.com. Uh, and our Instagram handle for the podcast is at Media. And George, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at George I. Sanchez. All right. You could find me on Instagram at Carlos Escanilla underscore LMHC. LMHC. For now. I don't, I, I, I'm still thinking about changing yeah, yeah, it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We'll get okay, there. Okay. All righty. Happy holidays, everybody. Yes. Bye. Bye.